0: Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Oh, welcome to the Coppercast with the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Pres Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky at Dog, VP Ettridge.
3: Welcome to the show and welcome at Dog. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm fantastic, mate. I'm fantastic. We do our best work in lockdown. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yep. it's it's where it all started. It, it to be honest, it didn't
3: feel right doing it without a lockdown. So, no, I, I sort of felt like we were just wasting time. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm trying to organize recordings, I'm Like, I could be at doing stuff as soon as, uh, as, as everyone likes to call the like dictator Dan. Now it's lockdown. yesterday, I'm like, mate. Now these episodes are going to feel like I need to be doing them. Yeah, <laughs> yep. It's, it just feels right, and
0: um, mate, it's only a little lockdown, a little.
3: Yeah, people need to stop losing their mind, mate. And, um, before recording this intro, we just got off the off a couple two interviews with a couple of clubs across in uh London, England, and. Yeah, no, nah, we shouldn't be complaining at all across here. Yeah, nah, no, not, not in
0: the slightest, mate. Yeah. Um, when uh, he says, oh, we're in our third lockdown and this one's been gone since oh, around November,
3: <laughs> I went, oh, jeez. I, I do love how um, everybody feels like a lockdown is just directed at them. It's, you know, Dan Andrews brought this lockdown in just purely to affect that person in particular.
0: Oh, yeah, it's um, it's very personal attack. Yeah. Um, but but I like the attitude of um, previous guests on the show, Brenton, singer from Catholic Guild, a favourite band of the show. Um, he just embraced it and he says, I'm just calling it a little Locky D. <laughs> it's just a little Locky D. We'll get through it. Don't worry about it.
1: So.
3: Yeah, no, it's you know, hopefully as this recording comes out, we've only got a few hours left. In it? But you know, who knows, mate, and keeps people safe and gives others the chance to play footy this season, mate. I'm all for it. Well, yeah. to an extent. Yeah,
0: mate, it's... um
3: And I am drinking out of my uh, Australian Open stubby holder to celebrate <laughs> the lockdown. <laughs> nice,
0: nice. Um, yeah. All right. It's tennis, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> all right. I I, there's some... Krigio, Krig, Krigios or something that plays it? I don't know.
3: <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Oh, mate. I don't know. There's,
0: a lot of people seem to dislike the bloke. Krig, Personally, I Krig, love Krigios, the
3: bloke. <laughs> Krigios or something. I love the bloke. We hear more of him about in world sport, I saw. Yeah.
0: But, um, mate, Is uh, Pat Cash still playing?
3: <laughs> He's starting to say a bit like uh, the bear trap when it comes to basketball <laughs> with uh, all Paddy Bills and Patty there he goes. Yeah. Rafter? <laughs> Is he still going? I don't think so. Is that about uh Philippusis? Is he still running around?
0: Oh, the scud. The scud, that's it. The scud. <laughs>
3: Philipusus,
0: mate. He was alright. Oh.
3: Someone might want to tell me, is Rod Lava still out there?
2: Legacy?
3: <laughs> is he still going? I was gonna ask if Margaret Court still around him, but unfortunately she <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you said he said to me on a... Wednesday night, we need to be more controversial on this show, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring it to you.
0: What is so controversial? <laughs> Jeez, I, I stop being so controversial. I keep having to edit shit out. you got to roll.
3: Ah, oh, well, same thing. Ah, right, mate. But, anyway, but mate, uh, local businesses, mate. We've uh, we decided to go a little bit of a different path this weekend or this week. Yeah, well, usually,
0: we, you know, we've, we've put a lot of research and effort into um, – you know, finding local businesses to give a shout out. Um, but being that we've, we've just gone through or hopefully we're on the, the, the last few hours of a, a short lockdown, one of the businesses and industries that's been affected quite heavily has been the hospitality industry. And some of our great sponsors happen to be in that space. And so we just thought we'd give them an extra shout out um, and make sure you know everyone knows about the great stuff that the uh, great food and great stuff they got going on. So, first one's the Garden Bar and Bistro. They've got uh, you know they got some new stuff on the menu. They were sort of getting back to um, getting busy again, and unfortunately, the shutdowns uh, you know would affect them. So, get down once uh, once you can to the Garden Bar and Bistro and get a good feed, and um, yeah, you know, chuck chuck a couple. 20s in the pokies after you've had a good feed, if you're that way inclined.
3: But make sure you gamble responsibly.
0: Gamble responsibly, of course. Um, Or if you prefer you're out in, you know, say Mulgrave, why not head to the Mulgrave Country Club. They've got some great meals and stuff down there as well. They've also got the pokies and things as well. Um, But if you're also looking for a venue to hire in the future, I know you know, if you're rescheduling an engagement party or something from 2020 and you're looking for a venue that uh, can accommodate, they've got some great rooms. And we know that firsthand from having some uh, great presentation nights down there at the Mulgrove Country Club. And they've got, even with the limited capacities that they have to stick to, they've still got the ability to host a fairly decent-sized function down there. Um, and then the last one is uh, Sandown Park Hotel. Uh, another great pub just down there on Princess Highway, which also has one of our favorite spots to go and watch the fights, uh, the old Spark Bar. Um, so, yeah, another place to get a great feed, uh, a nice cold beer, and, you know, watch the fights or the footy or whatever it may be. And even, you know, have a shoot, game of pool or darts while you're there as well. Well, having a punt on the ponies, if you're that way inclined. Again, Remember, gamble, gamble responsibly.
3: responsibly. <laughs> uh, we're getting good at this, mate. <laughs> but, uh, no, absolutely, mate. You've got to get down to uh, all three of them and support them. I know that you know, we've been trying to get down there to support them when we can, and unfortunately, it hasn't quite worked out for us because of these damn lockdowns. I feel like it's a personal attack on me and my wife, <laughs> My life, these lockdowns. But um, Actually, speaking of, speaking of lockdowns, mate... Um, Hopefully and fucking hopefully it's only these five days so that way the people that we're speaking to today, their tournament can um that their day can go on, mate. Who, who are we chatting to today, mate? We're not we're not quite heading overseas.
0: Yeah, mate, it's something a little different. We we are speaking to Michael and BJ and what they've done is they've they've started their own competition and it still involves world footy. It's called the Nations Footy Cup. Um, so it's they've brought together a few different teams representing a few different countries uh, to all play on the day of uh, February 28th uh, down at uh, Ground in Calder. What's it called? Highland. Uh,
3: Highgate Reserve? Highgate Reserve. High, home
0: of the Calder Cannons. Home of the Calder Cannons. Recently re- re- redone ground and uh, great facilities. But they've got a big day planned. So bloody fingers crossed that everything can go ahead for them because... Uh, It'd be absolute shame if they uh,
3: can't go ahead
0: with it on that weekend because uh, they've put in a lot of bloody hard work and a lot of effort over the last 12 months to get this up and running. And it's going to be a fantastic day with some great footy getting played and more importantly, some great food trucks and stuff to uh, get everyone fed as well. So, um, yeah, mate.
3: Not much else to say, but let's get into it. No, it it sounds like it's going to be a good day. You know, credit to uh, Michael and BJ who put this day uh, day on, and you were hear during the episode. The um, some of the uncertainties that were around this day going ahead because of um, restrictions and all that type of stuff. But yeah, but hopefully they get through it, and uh, we we'll get on down there on the twenty eighth and uh, give it a watch.
0: Yeah, mate. I'll, I'll, hey, let's let's cross all our fingers, all our toes for them. Um, but mate, let's get into the chat with Michael and BJ. They cover a lot about their their initiative to start up this Nations Footy Cup, and hopefully, not only do they get it off the ground this year, but it's something they can make a permanent fixture, and they can just grow on uh, as the years go on and, and continue to get more nations represented. Um, with all the blokes that are and girls that are playing footy for their for their local clubs, get to then represent you know, their nationality and their nation. So let's get into it. Let's enjoy this chat with Michael and BJ and we'll catch you next week with the uh, Reading Kangaroos. So enjoy this one. All right. So today we have two guests joining us from the nation's footy cup. We have Michael and BJ. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks
2: for having us. Hello.
0: Now, it's something a a little bit different. We're usually speaking to, you know, presidents or coaches from uh, different clubs all around the world, but you guys have decided to start your own competition. Um, What, you know, what sort of made you decide to to venture into that sort of uh, space?
2: Um, That was me. I was a part of another organization for about six years and, yeah, just thought about venturing out on my own and... A little tweaks, few tweaks to it, and yeah, that's how we come about it. And we've taken a few teams with us and just trying to make it a little bit different in the sense of bringing the community into it and you know, some charities and stuff like that. Just have a change.
0: So, what was your, your sort of football background before you decided to, to do this? How long you played for?
2: And I uh, played from under 10s to about 18s, and I went back for one senior year, got injured. Now I'm coaching actually. So I've coached in the international tournament for four years and now I'm currently coaching my senior in the now So I've got reserves at um, East
0: oh, yeah, Nice. And what about yourself, BJ? Have you played in the past or currently playing?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I guess I'm, I'm currently playing at the moment at a club called Hillside. So I play for Hillside Shark women's team. I've come from a soccer background predominantly. So I'm new to, I guess, women's football. Um, I've had some connections through football, obviously, and through the football club. And this opportunity came up, and there was, a, there was I guess, there was an opportunity to, to bring the women's team into this competition. So I guess that's the kind of part that I'm playing at the moment.
3: So Michael, you said that you know, you'd been involved in another um, organisation for a few years before coming out on your own. How did you get involved in that? Because like, even obviously, um, a similar organisation to this is a bit different to uh, most what most people get involved in. I saw a
2: post on Facebook. It was just a really random post one day about Italy needing players. So I rounded up a few boys and we ended up playing. So I played for two years and just couldn't handle it anymore playing. So I decided to take over and coach the team. And I did it for four years straight. So I just thought it would be a lot easier. But it was just all through a Facebook message.
3: That was it. Yeah, So social media is an incredible tool when you, you need it. I'm sure you guys have had to use social media Um quite predominantly to advertise and recruit players for your tournament.
2: Yeah, I've um, given all the social media rights for BJ because <laughs> I'm no good on computers at all. Um, she can run you through how our social media works. I've had no idea.
1: Yeah, it's pretty powerful when you use it the right way. I mean, we're, we're looking at our traditional channels. Obviously, we've got Facebook, Insta, but we've got quite a large following, and quite a large, um, I guess, um, user base through our existing competition. So we're relying on a lot of the players who play across the leagues to um, spread the word and kind of talk about what we're doing. We're unique in the fact that most people want to kind of have an opportunity to represent their country in a particular sport. And we've created that framework and that environment to do so. And bringing on the women um, on board, I think that's made a material impact as well. We found through the COVID experience and what was happening with that, that, you know, it, it was a little bit hard to kick off. But we are finding now that it's um, picking up momentum, especially as players start to introduce themselves back into the teams um, and back into their local football.
3: Yeah, you mentioned that COVID, you know, put a a sort of halt to things. How difficult was that for you guys? Because you guys were obviously, we've had this up and going, getting ready for for it to happen and then COVID comes through. You know, how much doubt was in your mind it might not happen? Were you still just always, you know, sort of gung-ho hoping and thinking that you're going to get the date that you wanted to be able to do it?
2: the doubt still come up until January when we're on a wave. That kind of just pushed us to, like, mm-hmm. you finally have your deadlines with apparel and everything and, and you'd be locked out and have no tournament. We've still got some problems now where, you know, they are not going to let people in the changing rooms and stuff like that, so we've still got things to work out mm-hmm. in terms of that sense, but we're just happy to be in the tournament going and the from the first game.
1: The challenge we've had is keeping everyone kind of not just abreast of some of the changes that we're having with restrictions, but keeping everyone motivated. If you think about how we've actually structured the competition, we've got representation from across the league, both coaches and players alike. And, and, you know, there is a level of doubt around are we going to play? Aren't we going to play? How do we kind of pick up momentum as we progress through COVID? But, um, you know, it's kind of a week by week scenario at the moment. And some of the restrictions mean that we have to kind of adjust and alter the way in which we're doing things. But for us, we kind of, adopted the mentality of we're just going to forge ahead and whatever comes our way, we'll try and adapt. So we're hoping this new strain doesn't kind of impact us too greatly, having just over three-plus weeks to go before the competition starts.
0: Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Um, I know everyone around Victoria has got their fingers crossed that it's not going to impact their local sports.
1: Yeah. And but, some of us that play are just a little bit excited to get back on the pitch, to be honest.
0: Oh, definitely. We uh, just got back into training last week ourselves and um, it was good to be back out there running around. But if you were out there trying to recruit players to this tournament or, you know, coaches, how do you sell it to people? What is the Footy Nations Cup or the Nations Footy Cup?
2: Um, For myself, when I was coaching, the easiest way was through players. Like, when I took over, I think we had four players that actually stayed five players max. And ended up getting into over 60, 60 players to pick from. So it was just all social media, friends through friends. You know, you get a lot of people from different clubs that want to play together. You know, being the Italian coach, was, at the time, everyone's very passionate to play for the country. And i noticed with all the other nations too, they're very passionate. So they're taking it very serious and just spread the word, word through the community and everyone's jumping on top.
1: Some of the intent of putting the competition together as well is we wanted to be able to bring a range of players and talent across the competition to one team and having the ability to also represent your country made a massive difference for us as well. Um, You do find that it is quite a large and small community when it comes to football. So there are some players that you want to play with that you don't necessarily get the chance to play with. But also putting on jersey um, for your country, I think, makes a big big difference as well. And it's a bit of fun before the season starts and everybody kind of just comes together. We try and um, recognise and celebrate, obviously, diversity and culture as well. That's a big thing for us that we're trying to introduce this year into the competition. And we're trying to bring a flavour of family into it as well. So, you know, we'll have entertainment on the day. We want people to bring their kids and families along, um, whether it be a picnic on the hill or whatever that might be. Um, But also celebrate good talent and good football.
0: Yeah, well, that's one of the things that we've been envious of when we're speak, speaking to all these different players from around the world is the fact that they get to represent their country. And as us, as a couple of young Aussies that, um, you know, had had just got to watch AFL players run around and even, you know, the AFL players don't really get to represent their country in, uh, in any worldwide tournament. So to have yeah, guys that are Italians or New Zealand, Kiwis and stuff, getting to put on a jersey that represents their country, I guess that would be something pretty special for those players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's some fun rivalry that comes with
3: it as well. So what clubs are being represented on the day? Uh,
2: what nations are yes. involved? So we've got eight teams. We've got six men and two women. So the men's are Italy, Lebanon, Malta, Fiji. We've got Team World and New Zealand. And for the women's, we put Team Worlds, first Team Australia, just to start off for the first year and then hopefully progress from there.
3: Yeah, I think you'll definitely, um, I think having one game for the women and really showcasing that will definitely build it for the following years. Um, you mentioned earlier, BJ, about people wanting to get back on the park to play footy. Since sort of COVID got lifted, and this would probably be the real first uh, chance people have a crack at it, has the interest skyrocketed by people going, oh, there's a chance to play a game of footy before my season starts. I'm going to give it a go.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you think about the recruitment process early on, it was quite um, hard to kind of uh, pitch the competition in the sense of there was uncertainty around, well, am I going to commit to something that's not going to eventuate? But as we start to get training and as we started to actually pull plays together, we did find that the momentum was growing. We were fortunate enough that the EDFL, which is the SNN District Football League, as we know, has also um, kind of endorsed what we're doing as well. So with that came a lot more interest um, but we did find it was kind of later on down the track. Now that we've got the opportunity to kind of do what we want to do, so it has the momentum has grown, and I'm confident that moving into next year we'll have a couple more women's teams to represent.
3: I, I did see that the EDFL were um, getting behind it. What was that like to have such you know one of the most the biggest uh, leagues in Victoria endorse what you guys are doing?
2: It was really good. Um, I got through to a guy named Gareth Hamlin who um, I've spoken to a few and He just turned the competition from not nothing but into something massive like his input was huge just outside of his role at the edfl and just as a personal level too he's been very handy for me and yeah he's helped it just progress to what it is today
1: and when you talk about how we kind of pitch the competition i think that's the community feel the sense of diversity culture and the fact that we're trying to bring um you know all the funds for example that we're raising go to charity a lot of that um, is quite enticing. And I think having that behind us also helped with that support from the EDFL. If you talk to some of our senior coaches across the men's teams who are quite well-respected, also um, uh, speaking quite highly of the way which we're going about this and the why. So for us, that's what that's what was kind of really
3: important. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's such a big league. <clears throat> yeah, I was getting behind it. Now, you mentioned uh, the money going to charity a couple of times. Your charity of choice is 1800RESPECT.
1: 1-800, yeah, 1-800-RESPECT.
3: Yeah. What, what is that charity? What's that one for?
1: Yeah, so I guess um, 1-800-RESPECT is basically... So there's a hotline with 1-800-RESPECT and the whole concept of it is um, if, there's a national hotline that represents callers who want to contact them for um, if they're you know, suffering sexual assault or, or violence or domestic violence and the like. So we thought that was quite prominent, not only in the media, but something that was important to us across across um, the football culture as
2: well. Yeah. We do have a few of the other nations that will bring a few charities on their own. Like, no you know, Fiji's going to try and raise money to send them back home and all that stuff. So we've gotten on board with them too, trying to help them however they need to raise money, raise money. Um, that's why we've set up a few raffles. We've gotten a few people to sign some jerseys for us and, you know, gym memberships and stuff like that on the day just to be raffled off, just so we can give some more money to charity as whoever would have them just as much as us.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, and I know you've also got a partnership with SCD, a, a nice apparel partner. So um, how did you We're, we're looking parts? at your
1: lovely top there as well,
2: uh, Alex. <laughs> not a bad company. So. Yeah, no, Stan's been awesome. He's done excellent stuff with our designs and everything. Like, the way they've come up is probably better than I ever thought they would. Um, Yeah, he's been very good with us from the get-go. He's done my apparel. He made my um logo. It's, yeah. Been really good to deal with
1: them and just have them for a very long time having having wanting to play as well while well, i'm playing obviously in the women's team for us it was really exciting putting our jerseys together we got to kind of bring in a flavor of what we liked onto the apparel so that was quite exciting so we're really keen to showcase some of what's out there in terms of what the apparel looks like as well
3: now one thing that uh, we love in this show when we speak to clubs around the world are beautiful jumpers jumpers that are unique to uh the areas and the jumpers that you guys have got together for the Team Australia and Team World are fucking incredible. I think they're, phenomenal. they're, they're fantastic. The job that uh, SCD have done and the designs you guys have come up with is just fantastic. So was that SCD that come up with that design or would you guys sort of spitballing ideas at what you wanted?
1: Yeah, I guess for me, it was a collaboration between us, SCD and, a, and an organisation called ARKU um who's run and there was a founder of that so a mate of mine basically does some design so we collaborated across those three areas to do that but you know it's you've got some concepts and you try and you know thrash those concepts out but when you start to bring that to life and you start to see what that looks like on a jersey it's quite exciting for us i mean team world for those that haven't seen it and we'll get an opportunity to see it's got a bit of a basketball feel and i quite like that and there's a strong sense of Australia and Indigenous feel with the Women's Australian jersey as well. So so for me, they were quite exciting.
2: And what makes it even better for us is we've actually brought in the concept of reversible jerseys, which I've never seen in my whole footy time. So the women won't be having reversibles as it's one game, but the men will actually have two concepts of their jerseys in case of touches of colours. So they get the best of parcels on the day and they just all look really amazing.
3: Have you um, put out the men's jumpers on social media as of yet to have a look at you're uh, no, not, not quite yet. finished with it yet
2: no no we haven't put it up yet they will be coming up very very soon as everything just got finalised responses and all that stuff but so I definitely will be posting everyone's jerseys for everyone to get a look at because they always will be up for order like if I get a message that someone interested in the jersey I will place orders for people but yeah it's my personal life outside everyone's already ordered jerseys I've got a massive bill just on jerseys alone
3: so it's really good
1: so you'll be ordering a, a Team World
3: 1 Ricky? yeah? Yeah, more than likely. We might get both of them. No, I, we do, might, yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy a good jumper. Put us down yeah, for one not? of each. We'll
0: yeah. be, uh, he can wear Team Oz and I'll wear Team World one day and then we'll switch the next. And.
1: Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. We'll have to put that down.
0: We'll, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, add it to our next SED order. I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> why not?
3: yeah you've also managed to uh, get Highgate Reserve, which is the home of the coldder Cannons. That's obviously no mean feat to get such a you know world-class world- class venue, I guess. How did you guys get that venue? was there a lot of um and obviously said restrictions are still in place for a lot of things. so did that make things a lot more difficult to try and find a venue? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, uh, there was a bushfire event that took place, I think, was it early last year February. or February last year, and I was fortunate enough to take part in that again in the women's competition and Having experienced playing on a field like that, I think, or a ground like that was really exciting. And when we thought about or we thrashed our concepts in terms of what grounds, that featured very heavily in terms of one of the ones that we were kind of targeting. It's quite central. Um, Most people know where it is, the ground and the facilities are next to none. And, you know, having had contacts in the area, we thought we'd just kind of give it a crack and we were fortunate that, again, they were really happy with the concept of what NFC were doing. And we met with a gentleman called Matthew Burton, who's the operations manager there. And um, again, we're really, really happy with the outcome of
0: that. Yeah. It's fantastic to get, get a ground like that. Um, like you said, it's, it's, you know, one of the, the better grounds going around in the, in those local competitions. Uh, I also see you've managed to get a, somebody from our league, uh, Matthew Hoy from St. Kilda city has come on board to coach team New Zealand. So, did that sort of also help spread the uh you know the reach of your your thing into it and the other leagues and you know, southern competition as well?
2: Uh yeah, so when I was coaching Team Italy, we actually had players from all over Victoria. But then when we realised when we started this concept that it was you know, we were northern based and western based, but there still are people from the outside. So yeah, when he came on board, it was we met him for the first time last Sunday and it was Really, really good. He's brought in a few players, and know Fiji's taken a few from him, and Team New Zealand have two. And yeah, it's it's amazing that he spent that much. Like, um, he's a senior coach. I know Hillside senior coach is coaching Italy. Um, Mo is West Meadows coach, and he's coaching Team Lebanon. Um, two women's coaches are both senior coaches in EDFL also. So it is an EDFL based coaching thing, but it's just kind of what we're closer to and linked to, so I find it easier to get coaches for. But when we come on, on, on board, it was, yeah, it was
1: really good. I mean, if you think about the talent across the coaching staff and also the playing group, it, there's going to be some great football on the day. And I think anyone coming down to actually have a look at what's happening on the day will be will be really pleased with the, with the talent that's on show. That's what I'm excited about anyway.
3: Yeah, from sure, the sounds of it, there's going to be some fantastic talent running around. Now, you mentioned the coaches are all senior coaches at, at pretty good clubs. Um, what was that like to get such experience and good coaches to be involved in it all?
2: Yeah, it was actually really good um, for myself on the day. I'll be paying attention to how they coach too, because I'm still developing as a coach. So it'd be good. And I think it's just a different experience doing international as I've done international and coached it. you know, I've only coached minor, but just to, it's a different feel just to the whole coaching, you know, club-wise it's for points and stuff like that, Where on the day it's just more heritage and quiet and, just more of a fun environment just to do for one day and that's it afterwards. And, yeah, I think that's what these coaches are going to get on day soon, they're just going to enjoy the whole atmosphere to everything and just have a different coaching.
1: Gives them an opportunity, I guess, to wind down a little bit from their senior commitments and, and, and kind of have fun with a different level of playing group too. Yeah, so I
2: that think makes it, a difference. I think it does help with um, recruiting too. We'll help them recruit outside where
0: they wouldn't look before. So yeah, they'll start poaching weird. players from lead to come play for
3: East Keylor or wherever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's enough of that going on, don't you
3: think? <laughs> <laughs> now, that brings me to my next question to follow up on that. Now, obviously, um, there'll be players that play at the same local club that will be playing against each other on the day, I'm going to assume. Sure. You know, has there been any, you know, rivalries that have been built up that a bit of, you know, I'm going to show you up type of thing, friendly uh, friendly fire?
2: Yeah, the most, the most fascinating part is getting the same division players that you verse all in the same team. And then, like, you just look at it and you like how it works. You know, you have... The dynamic of that. Yeah, is you have a few midfielders from here, a few forwards, I and mean, then everyone's, like, looking at it like we're going to verse each other in a month. And... You know, for myself, being at East or my opening game is against West Meadows and most coaching the senior side for that. So it's, it just makes it feel a bit more interesting. You know, your side's in our division too. So it does give that little bit of rivalry against or even coaches, not just players.
1: As a player, I tend to agree with that. You know, you're eyeballing some of these players that you're effectively, you know, rivals against on a, on a weekend. And here we are kind of holding hands and playing games during the day. So, yeah, it'll be quite interesting.
3: Now, uh, you've mentioned that you play for East Keelor a few times. Now, uh, Coach, sorry. Now, uh, during the... During playing the, days are over. Playing, I mean, Coach, sorry. Um, I think it was like during the week, uh, Heath Shaw signed with East Keeler. What What's that like to be at a club that's going to have such... And You had a few more recruits um come in over um, the off-season as well. Yeah, we've
2: actually had a lot of recruits. And, um, no, it's actually really good, Um,
3: especially being the first
2: time I've stepped into like senior ranks, especially reserves. Um, what Pat Christophie's done over there is beyond amazing um it's just how i think a football club should be run and how everything works is really good um the elite talent that they've got there the training standards and just how it all works is just amazing it's just amazing to watch sometimes you're in awe just watching the people that are running around you know they're the best players in the local divisions and just to get that firsthand and work with them and get the knowledge that they have is amazing for myself and all the young players too so it's
0: um Anyone asked sure to take a, you know, a DNA test or something to see if he's one quarter Maltese or Lebanese, just to try and get him, get him in their side for the Nations Cup. I tried to
1: get him. I tried to get him for Team well, but couldn't couldn't cut it.
2: No, nah, he's not. He's not lining up for anyone at the moment. Um, might try and sneak him a jersey and see if he wants to run on the field for a bit, but see how that goes.
0: Might have to get him out there as a runner, guest running yeah. or something. That's it. Well, so what What are the sort of uh, criteria to, to qualify to play for a, na- a different nation? Uh, you, uh, do you have to be born in the country or are your parents born there or what, you know, how, how far back does your heritage have to go to the country?
1: We're saying two generations. Uh, if I think about Team World Women's, we say a parent or grandparent. Um, that's non-Australian. And then um, I'd say the criteria is similar to the men as well. So...
2: Oh, it's exactly the same. Yeah, three
0: generations, and that's it. Yeah, do not pay back any further. Yeah, nice. So you you would have obviously have some guys that are a bit bit closer in heritage. You know, maybe born over there, but then moved over as as young fellas over. Especially, you know, there's a lot of uh, young Italians that come across, and that. Um, so is there guys out there that are all speaking Italian and other blokes that are like, "Mate, I've never spoke Italian in my
2: life? Or <laughs> That was actually that was actually me. I had a few players that would do it and I would just be looking over like, what are they saying? Um, <laughs> I had no idea. So which kind of just made everyone speak English so I understand what you're saying. <laughs> just in case it's about me. It's a bit
1: harder for us. We've got about 12 different nationalities, so...
3: Yeah, that would be a world of its own, wouldn't it, if you know, all 12 different nationalities speaking their own language on the field, it would be, uh, you're never going to know when someone's pissed off at you, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true, but you know, being European, you can generally tell by the expression on the face, but <laughs> we'll, we'll let you be the judge of that.
3: <laughs> so, on the day, so what's the format on the day, how's the day going to run, how many games do the men play, I know the women only have the one game, um, and all that type of stuff.
2: Hectic. <laughs> so there will be 10 men's games. They will, it will start at 9 o'clock. Um, there will be two 20-minute halves, um, and then we'll have two ovals running at the same time. The women's will have one game. That's going to be a full-length game. So that's going to be four 20-minute quarters with proper breaks and everything. Um, yeah, just... We've
1: got proper umpiring on the day. Yes, yeah, so we've
2: got EDFL and WRFL umpires that have popped on board. Their actual kids look really good too. I actually had to order some for myself just to be an umpire for a day. But, um,
0: so, so is there... Um, you play the 10 games, but then, is there then finals? Or? Yeah, so there'll be
2: nine men's games and then the last game will be the grand final. So the two oh, best teams yeah. and the best records will go, go ahead and take it out for the day. But we've added um, best players from the tournament, so we'll be having two from each men's teams and three from each women's teams to get rewarded for who played the best in the day. Um, there will be a best on ground for both grand finals and... Yeah, and they'll be going home with some nice civil wear. It's exciting coaches. too
1: because we'll have a team, a kind of a, a team at the end of the competition made up of all the kind of best representatives across teams. And that will include both women and men. So kind of like a team oh, of
2: yeah. the day or yeah.
1: all,
0: all yeah. world team. Yeah.
2: They actually look, chooses yeah. look good for that one too.
0: All right, uh, nice. No, so who take your coach's hat off for a second? Yeah, uh, I know you, you you want your team to be there in the final, but who, who's going to be across from you guys in the final? Who's
2: who's the, the one to beat? So, the favourites are usually Italy. I'm not just saying that for myself. I'm actually not like allowed to coach in this one. So, um, Italy are usually the favourites, just from previous records. But I'm going to go with... Um, look, everyone's really, really strong. Like, Lebanon and New Zealand, are, they've hit a very, very strong mark. Lebanon was undefeated for seven years, so we know what they're capable of. When they play in the competition, they're just hard, strict and play very good football. New Zealand are the dark horses for myself. I I reckon they're a a shoe in for that grand final, having some talent that they've brought in. Um, I'm not going to underestimate BG either. Um, Not too sure what World and Malta have brought in yet. They're finding that a little bit hidden. Yeah, from the teams that they've told me, I would go that three-man dark horse race. And I'm not going to say who's going to win for the women's game because I've got Team World right next
1: to me, so <laughs> that going to be nice. It'll be a good competition. I mean, we've got representation from some AFLW um, players as well, some, some girls from the Cannons and also... Ex-AFL um, men's players too. Yeah. Popped on board, and,
2: which is really, really good. Yeah. So that, there'll,
1: be, there'll be some good players out there.
2: How
0: many uh, different na- nationalities do you think are getting represented by that Team World team? For the women's I'd say at least
1: seven or eight to be honest. Um maybe a little bit more. So but everyone's representing from somewhere. But um it is quite diverse. I'd say about seven or eight.
0: Yeah I think um as the world starts to return to normal at hopefully at some stage you that, that'll even grow even bigger because one thing we've learnt is the women's game is getting embraced all all around the world and it's it's growing probably even bigger than the men's game
2: that's actually being some parts of the world so yeah. mm-hmm. that's actually being something different for myself being a part of it for so long I've actually been really excited the whole time about the women's game it's just a whole new concept for us even to view and to get on board and just to start working with them they're very passionate about playing and even the whole thing you know they get that different vibe to what the men do so it's actually really exciting you know on the day they're going to be ready to go just as much as the men are so I'm excited for that
0: yeah and I'd like, you can just see the diversity in the teams in the AFLW. There's girls from uh, all around the world that have made it across, and you've got some great Irish girls and some Fijian girls and all sorts playing in the AFLW. So, um, yeah, and like I said, we, we spoke to teams in Germany, which, you know, and there's it's booming over there. There's They've got a great women's competition going, and I'm sure there'll be even more Americans at some stage getting across as well.
1: You get a lot of crossover from different sports as well, so you get to showcase different types of skills. So, you know, you've got a lot of either soccer players or netballs or basketballs that are converting to play football as well, and I think that brings with itself a different element to the game.
0: Yeah, that's uh, one of the, the stories we heard was some the Irish girls that um, they they thought Gaelic football was too soft, so they want to play football, and I was
3: like,
2: geez. change. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So obviously, you know, you've got other stuff happening on the day off-field. Obviously, as long as COVID you know, keeps, keeps its head down. What are the uh, off-field activities you guys are going to have for the people not participating? Well, what I'm most excited about is the food trucks. <laughs>
2: That's always the, the best part of my day. Um, but yeah, we've got the food trucks going. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of currently trying to organise like a fire truck and just little things like that, just to get the kids and the families involved. Um, yes. Yeah,
1: we wanted to we wanted to obviously look to do something along um lines of some partnerships with um, what were we thinking what was mm. we'll have to do that <laughs> oh, well. it was um I was kicked. I was kicked, but we didn't we couldn't kind of get that over the line quick enough. So we wanted to kind of have a half time kind of game with the kids. But what we're encouraging the players to do is bring their kids along and um, we'll have a fastest runner on the day like they kind of do at the AFL grand final. We'll have that. Um, we're currently
2: trying to get on to pro sports, we're trying to get on for the day and just have a little time where we can get the kids involved and the less stuff. We've got a few, um, we in the negotiation, well, not negotiation, talks to them to get an AFLW, AFL men's players down and just make that more expensive. Kids and even ourselves, just to see them on the day. So we'll have raffle. Raffles for
3: charity. So there would be jerseys signed by AFL players and for a few um, little different things for everyone just to get on board. Now, before you guys jumped on, I was literally just saying the to Rifty, I'm like, we, we find it hard enough to deal with our football club for one game or one event for the year. What are the logistics and how much time is spent for you guys organising this stuff? Because I couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm great. Well before my time. <laughs>
3: it is, um,
2: it's, it's very hard. It's, not, it's definitely not easy, but it's, you make it as hard as you want it to make it. Like for ourselves, we don't want it to be just a basic competition. We want it to be first time amazing and just keep building from there. So it's just, I think it's, the harder it gets, the more pressure we put on ourselves to make it great. And we're not just people that stand on the side and just watch, like we've got, gotten involved with every team we've rocked up to training session meals like the teams have told us about so they say we've got a transition we rock up and just have a look and introduce ourselves and we just really want to be involved and in the sense of just showing face and yeah just being important so much
1: i mean for me what's important as well is michael's creating avenue avenue as a as a kind of a founder of this organization to give us the opportunity to make some decisions without having to constantly go back to him for decision making so, you know, as long as it's within the reins and within the realms of the criteria and, and how the competition wants to run and the values and the ethics of that uh, kind of combines the competition, we do have the capacity to be able to kind of do what we want um, and kind of run it the way we want. So that's been really exciting, especially for me, who's kind of looking after team world, for example, and kind of promote the women's competition. It's not just a kind of dictatorship. It's, it gives us the ability to be able to do what we want to with our teams.
2: And, what, it's and, some sorry, as well. and yeah. what made it a lot easier is I changed the concept on that. It's just not my voice. I've told every team to have a representative or two from every single nation to get involved. And there's people that have been part of that for a very long time and they'll have a better idea of things that should run the day than what I do. So their inputs on everything have been amazing. I've let every team run themselves. I don't get involved with their selections or their designs or anything. I just, let them do what they have to do and we'll organise everything for the day. But having them and organising that committee alone has just made it so much easier. And just the ideas that they come up with and their knowledge they have is a lot better than what I have.
3: So, so you mentioned that, you know, they sit there, they say to you, uh, we're training, you guys head on down. How often are these teams training for, for this event or in general?
2: Um, sometimes they train once a week, maybe every second week. Um, they will start training a lot more now, but some teams don't do it due to having their own local clubs, but the women have actually. I know Team Australia trained three times in seven days. Team Australia, um, usual training. We usual trained. Training.
1: We trained. So we had a selection process. So we had two training sessions, and then the team um, was selected and announced. And um, our coach Anthony Montrose is actually looking to hold some more sessions now that we've kind of got the playing group set in concrete. But some of the challenges we're facing at the moment is a lot of teams are going back to their local footy and their local clubs are kicking off training. So um, whilst we haven't connected or collaborated as closely as we did when we were first training, we will find that we'll start to get together closer to the day. So we might have a couple of other sessions if we can.
2: And everyone, everyone holds a jump presentation at a local restaurant, just to help out everyone else in the community and stuff like that. So it's kind of a chance for everyone to have uh, the bonding session a week before and, you know, get their kids and For the find out
1: what's going on shout out to our sponsors too i know a lot of people were doing it tough during the covid um period but we have had quite a lot of paid sponsorships come on board to help support us um with this competition as well so even um, across every team yeah across across every team so thanks to all of our sponsors out there
2: grateful for that yeah
0: no it's uh you guys are doing an awesome job with it all and um i'm looking forward to getting down there and not just for the footy, uh, now that I know there's food trucks as well. Oh, um, I'll, meet you, I'll meet you there for
2: sure. <laughs> I won't even be watching any games. I'll just be at the food.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll have to try and get on the SED and get a jumper in time, mate. Uh, so, Ed Dog, you go on Team Oz or Team World, and I'll go the opposite. Yeah, World. we'll send
1: you one. You tell me which team you're going for.
3: Jeez, I don't right, know. I'm going to have to go to Team Oz. It's just, I, like, I, like, I like the jumper. But I like both the jumpers, though. So, it's uh, I always want to go to Team World just for the jumper, but... Yeah, let's... Can we get have you, have to to a side.
0: Side.
1: you gotta pick a side, Rick? You gotta pick you a exactly side.
2: Opposite too. You have to be opposing side. Uh, can we just get
0: them made into a reversible for us and then we can just <laughs> Whoever's, whoever's winning. winning at the time?
3: Whoever's <laughs> winning will just stare. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was team world the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, have um, you guys got plans for you know obviously 2022, 2023 moving forward? Uh yes, on for the men's side, um,
2: we're already looking to bring in four new teams straight away off the bat before finishing off this one. Um, for the competition, for, so the women's will definitely be um, adapting more and getting more teams involved, which will be good. That will be built up a lot more, but in the next two, three years, there's actually another concept that we're going to try and kick off part of NFC, just with local clubs and stuff, and that'll be the most exciting part of it for myself to have an international side and a local side of it. so. That's the main part. But I know BJ's got a lot of plans coming up for 2022 for the women's final competition.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, we're starting off with two. We'll showcase that and see how that goes. If we can have four plus moving into next year, I'll be quite excited. But, you know, we'll get through the headache of this year because it's been a long process of planning and we'll kind of sit back and assess what worked, what didn't, what could we kind of do better or not and take it from there. But we're really excited. We just can't wait for the 28 to kick in so we can just, just get out there and... Kind of see it come to life. There's a lot of planning, but you know it'll be exciting on the day.
3: How many people come out to you and going, "Oh, they don't have a country for me to represent." How? come you're not going to get one? Have you had many? many uh, much of that?
2: Yeah, we ha- we actually have, and we've had a few like teams call us to even come in. But you know, just being late with the competition you now, it's a bit too hard with the apparel and stuff. Um, you do get that, but I say to them, if you can find a coach and an organizer for that team. Like, we're not closing off to anything. Um, yeah, we can have um, any country that wants to come aboard. And as long as they're organised and got a coach ready to go, we're, we're suited.
1: It's funny, we're at a local footy club, or not a local footy club, but we're at a ground just, just on the weekend watching one of the teams play. And there were some people having lunch at the park. And they kind of came up to us because so I was Team, team um, New Zealand and they were saying, Oh, you know, what's this about? And they were really excited at the fact that. You know, to them, they were seeing some really classy football players that were representing their country, and they had no idea what the competition was about. But just having that conversation with the local community was creating awareness with what we were doing. And you could see the rivalry between the people having a picnic because some of them were like, oh, do you have Team Italy or Team Macedonia, for example, in the competition? We're going to come and watch. So, you know, we're trying to extend this just beyond the football community. We want people to come down and actually have a good day about it.
0: Yeah, What. I can't wait to see it grow and uh, get get even bigger. And um, you yeah, know, I've I've got more family ties to Greece than I do Italy. So once you get a Greece team in there, I'll be. We're, yeah, hoping, yeah. Hoping, to have, we're hoping to have them through next year. I'll have to have yeah. I'll have to have, get on team Greece.
2: We always love that rivalry, rivalry, Italy versus Greece. It's you might have to pull
1: a team together.
0: Oh, I'm 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 not that close to yeah that side of it's all yeah. <laughs> I'm probably you know great great grandfather or something like that, but
1: uh,
0: um, yeah, unfortunately, like like we said, we as young kids, uh, you know, to represent your country would would have been the ultimate, and um, I'm sure all the guys that get to and girls that get to run out there in these amazing looking jumpers playing for the nations' footy cup will, will be doing it with uh, great pride, and uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job, so. Shout out all your social media handles and and um, where everyone can go and follow along and, and get down to this event.
1: We just encourage everybody to jump on Facebook. Um, you can find us at, at Nations Footy Cup on Facebook or Insta. Like our page, um, have a look at what we've got, what the information is on there, um, and then come along to the event on the day.
2: Any questions? Just shoot for a message. Ask them advice any
0: questions and anyone wants to know yeah beautiful we'll make sure we share it from that page and uh like i said i've already ticked interested but once you said uh food trucks now I'm ticking going so uh, <laughs> uh
1: that's what we yeah. want to see
0: uh thanks yeah. Dave, for joining us uh best of luck with everything yeah it's it sounds amazing and i hope it just grows bigger and better every year Thanks for having us.
2: Looking forward to seeing you the day.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. No Take care. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to the Coppercast with the President, VP. Uh, if you want to go check out the social media and follow along with all the other clubs that we've spoken to and follow along with our journey, you can head on over to Facebook.
3: You're going to head over to Facebook and Follow the Sandown Cobras uh, Football Netball Club for all the previous catalogue videos. Um, Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC, at Twitter uh, at Sandown Cobras, or you can follow the Cobracast page. Uh, that's at Instagram and Facebook at the Cobracast Pres VP. So all one word, and you can subscribe to wherever you get your your podcast. Just search the Cobracast for the Pres VP. Lovely. And uh, make sure you subscribe and leave a you know, give us five stars, mate. Yeah, up yeah. in the world. We're making waves in Germany, apparently. So uh, let's make waves all around the world. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And uh,
0: we'll catch you on the next episode.